Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Well, last week, we talked about how there were two ditches on the on either side of the main road of God's provision. One ditch is the only thing God's interested in is that which is unseen, internal, that only has to do with the soul or heaven or something that is not. In fact, it is so much that way that the closer you get to God, the more financially poor you become. And there are whole religions that are built around that theory. The hierarchy are those who really have nothing. They're the most spiritual. They've given up everything and live in cloistered, Places without anything except basic needs. And there is, there is that thought that has placed in God's family a poverty mentality. That the closer you get to God, the more of a deficit you will walk in as it relates to financial resources. There's another ditch on this side, and that ditch is, and to hear the expression of that ditch, you would almost believe that God saved you to make you rich. God didn't save you to make you rich. He saved you to make you like Jesus, to be transformed into the image and likeness of God. You don't put a nickel in and expect a quarter out and say, God, I am doing this because I want that. That, There is a ditch over there that is, I even heard somebody say one time in, in a teaching that if you say you have faith and you don't have a new car, you don't have enough faith. Please. You know that's a ditch. But right in the middle of God's Word, there is grace that not only extends to our forgiveness and our identity and our eternal life, but there is grace that has to do with our provision. A loving God does not leave out providing for His children. You say you love your children, but you don't give them any food or shelter or clothing. But you say, oh, but I love you. See how that one works. God's grace extends to the provision of His children. Well, how would He want to do that? Well, let's take a look here in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians where the believers were given 
an opportunity through the apostle to invest in a kingdom economy that would meet, in this particular case, meet needs of other believers for a season. Let's look at verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. What we saw last week is harvest is determined at the time of sowing. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now understand that this is in the context of spiritual giving. The Word of God talks about seed in four ways. Number one, seed is procreation. Daniel is the seed of Jim and Kathy. Y'all have several children. They're your seed. Emmanuel is your seed. It's procreation. Your children are your seed. The Bible calls us the seed of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus. So not only physical seed, but spiritual seed. Seed is also that which is capsuled. It is plant life that, be, that is in a seed. Seed always reproduces after its own kind. You always sow, you always reap what you sow later than you sow, and more than you sow. That's a law of harvest. So there is physical seed, there is plant seed. Jesus called the Word of God seed. You remember the parables there in Matthew 4, Mark 4? Jesus said the sower went forth and sowed, and what does he describe this, the seed as? The Word. Some fell on stony ground, some among thorns, some beside the wayside, and some on good ground and produced a good harvest. Those of you who are in ministry, we've got 12 to 15 ministers under our covering, and there are lots of people out there listening on the web. For all of you who are listening, by, listen, listen to me, those of you who are in ministry, you will have about 25% ongoing fruit of the, of the seed you sow. That shouldn't surprise those of us who've given our lives for that. Some of you who are in partnership with God in your business, I'll bet you will find somewhere around 25% have stayed with you, will stay with you, and you can count on them their good ground. A lot of folks start not many finish. Think about that one. Jesus didn't have it like that for no reason. So seed is talked about in those three ways. And then the Lord calls financial giving a seed. He's talking about sowing and reaping. Look, I didn't make this up. God chose to call it seed. Do you know that when you give into kingdom purposes, God sees that in God's mind as seed that has an opportunity to germinate and grow and bring forth a harvest. If all you see, those checks you write or that cash you give, if all you see is just, well, I'm just trying to keep things running, then you're not going to have a whole lot of 
you're not going to be able to do what the next verse says. So with a cheerful heart, with excitement in your heart. But if you begin to see seed, if you begin to see financial giving into the kingdom of God as seed, you, will, you can get excited about it because you, you, you know that God is inviting you into kingdom economy. Did you know this? That if you sow with the right motive and if you sow in obedience to God, that is seed in His eyes. And listen to me. Are you listening to me? Every seed you have ever sown, God is overseeing it. He knows where it is. You may not be able to find it. You may not be able to see it. God Almighty is watching over every seed you have ever sown. Now you can trust Him to bring the harvest. What an opportunity to get involved in a kingdom economy. Did you, God, listen, the kingdom of God's not broke. It's not in recession. It is not subject to a vote of a, of a Congress. The kingdom of God is governed and it is provided for by a king and he owns it all. Would to God we would quit operating like, oh my goodness, oh the kingdom of God, we're, we can't ever do anything, it'll never get anywhere. Would to God we get a hold of kingdom economic. God doesn't want the drug pushers to have his resources. He wants his children to. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it please you to give any resource you've got to your children? You want it to just float around out there for the wickedness of the world to consume? Well, why would you think God Almighty who loves you with all his heart wouldn't want you to have provision? Why would we have some stinking thinking? Now notice what verse 8 says, as we talked about this last time. God, notice this is in the context of sowing. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I am in deep prayer for everybody who's decided to partner with the responsibility God has given us here. Grace is God's favor, unmerited. You can't work yourself into God's favor. You can't obey enough to get God's favor. God's favor is because He's chosen to love you, and God's favor is in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus, yes or no? God can't help but see you apart from Christ if you are in Christ. Favor, the favor and the ability. Sometimes the scripture uses grace to mean a God-given ability to get through an assignment or a season with success that has been given by God. It is favor and it is ability. And so the word says here, God is able to make all favor and ability abound more than enough towards you. That you always, how often is always? Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God's desire is to give us enough grace for us to receive 
by faith and to connect, to open the door through obedience that comes through faith, to have sufficiency in all of the matters that we need to operate, and to have an abundance, more than, more than what we need for what purpose? Having mountains, owning islands, driving Lamborghini. No, more than enough for what? What does the verse say? For what? So that every time the Holy Spirit prompts you to meet a need, you are able. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that bring a lot of joy? Remember, you're a part of the covenant of Abraham through Christ Jesus. Read Galatians 3. And that covenant is, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. You're not a pond. God wants you to be a river. That kind of grace, God is not only able, but desiring and willing to do. My prayer for me, my prayer for you, is that we would see, the re that we'd get revelation of this, and that we would walk in it in a mighty and a powerful way. He quotes an Old Testament scripture in the Psalms. God is a giver. He disperses. He gives to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. How many of you know that if you give in the kingdom of God to a need the Holy Spirit tells you about, then that is a righteous act. Now, verse 10, may he, God, who supplies seed, Finances are seed in the eyes of God when they are given to him. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that is your basic necessities, may he supply and multiply the seed you have sown. How many of you know seed doesn't grow if it's in the jar? It's got to be in the ground. Well, I'm planning on getting involved with God if I could ever... You know, if God would just bless me, if I could just, if God would just give me this, then I would sow. You got to start where you are. You can't start where you want to be. You got to start where you are. God knows right where you are. He understands and loves you right where you are. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. And by the way, if you have started in this process and you have gotten discouraged with it, whatever you do, don't allow your lack of understanding to keep you from staying involved in the process. That's the worst mistake you can make. Jesus said to the Father, My God, why have you forsaken me? But he still entrusted and obeyed him and didn't allow himself to call legions of angels to take him out of Gethsemane and deprive me and you of our salvation. Amen? May he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched, that is made complete in everything 
for what? Accumulation or distribution? For what? Which one? For all liberality, giving liberally and generously, which causes what? Thanksgiving through us to God. Wouldn't it be amazing when you distribute into the king, when you let go of something that's God's anyway, it's all His, when you invested in the kingdom of God, wouldn't it be exciting to know and have clear revelation that that is going to produce thanksgiving to Almighty God? Now, notice that the sower here has promises. God is able to make all that favor and ability abound so that we can have sufficiency and abundance for every good work while we are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. I'm speaking to some of you here today who have been involved in this process. You got a little revelation of it and you started obeying and you're not seeing any results. Delay is not denial. Sometimes the greatest harvests come when there is a long, long season where it looks like the seed's dormant. I promise you God is watching over the seed, and I promise you at the appointed time that that, root, that seed will grow a root, and that root will grow a shoot, and that shoot will produce fruit. That's God. He is watching over the seed. So don't walk out of the field. And don't quit. Don't resign from the process. Are y'all listening to me? Every great champion of faith eventually goes to the disappointment in his faith. What kind of message is that, Pastor? You know what, God? You know what's up with that? Every single champion that, it, that you read about in the Bible, every single champion I've ever met comes to a point to where his faith, he gets weary and disappointed. And sometimes aggravated. Been there. What's up with that? Here's what's up with that. Sooner or later, God is going to give every one of us an opportunity to trust Him when we don't understand. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Trust comes when you're not hearing a thing. Faith has the Word of God reverberating on the inside of you. It develops faith. Trust is when you don't see or feel a bit of that. But you decide to trust God anyway. Based on his word and his track record. Sooner or later, sooner or later, all great champions have to go through that season. How long does that season last? I don't know. Only God knows. But I do know this. That if you go by the scripture and if you go by all the, all the things that I've seen with my own eyes... I've been, I was called at 14, I'm 67 now, I've been called a long time. I want to tell you something, I've never ever seen somebody who trusted God and believed God 
and stuck around and trusted him when they didn't understand. I've never seen that person not receive the promises of God. Are you still breathing? Well, then today may be the mighty day of your breakthrough. Amen. What you see today is temporal. There is something eternal that doesn't change. And if you're involved in God's economy of sowing and reaping, that is not going to change. He can change every circumstance you've got by sundown. What are the benefits of sowing and reaping? Obviously, we see from these scriptures it's an opportunity for an eternal investment with an eternal supply. Are y'all listening to me? Would to God that all of us in the family of God would stop this poverty mentality of thinking, oh my goodness, how are we ever going to do that? That means we've got our attention on our circumstances and we have defined God's ability to get us our resources through what we can see and feel and we have locked him out of doing what only he can do. God has millions of ways to get your provision to you that you had never even thought about. He's almighty God. We have got... Here's what I had to do. I had to go before God and ask forgiveness for looking only to that which I could see or figure out in my mind may be the way for me to have a financial breakthrough that I needed. I had to repent of that. Well, let's see. If I could get this customer or if I could get this investment or if I could just have this amount of blessing or this, this look you got to scrap that and go to your provider. You know why? Pardon my English. He ain't a warehouse. He's the manufacturer. You know what most of us do? We look at the warehouses. Okay, can I get it through this customer? Can I get it through this circumstance? Could I get it through this account? you got to stop focusing on the warehouse and go to the provider, the manufacturer. You know what will happen if you keep looking at the warehouse? You are going to have an entitlement mentality, and then you're going to be really aggravated and disappointed because one of those warehouses didn't have the goods you thought you needed. Stop looking at people and go to the one who makes seed time and harvest time work. Well, I'm in a situation where the kind of job I have, I'll never have it. Look, God is not bound by what we see is our limitations. You just be where God has put you, doing what he's assigned you to do under the direction of the Holy Spirit, recognizing that what it, wherever you are, God wants you to have sufficiency and abundance for when he assigns you to do something that he wants you to do. The revelation of this 
destroys a mindset of entitlement and lack. What is entitlement? Depending on somebody else to meet a need without investment on your behalf. Y'all know the difference between entitlement and partnership, don't you? Partnership always requires mutual investment. Entitlement means I want everything you can give me when I don't want to invest a thing. Our whole government runs that way. The church runs that way. I'm telling you, it is pervasive. It is not pleasing to God. To receive revelation in our inner man that he is sovereign and responsible for our provision. He has resources I know nothing about. You know what that does? When you go before God and you get in partnership with him and quit depending on anybody else, just being obedient to what he's assigned. Now look, look, don't misread what I'm saying. You know, you're going to have to be involved in the assignment God gives you. Did you know before sin ever came into the world, Adam and Eve had to work? So don't sit around thinking, well, you know, I think I'm just going to sit around here and pray. And God. No, you've got to get involved in the assignment God gives you. 5 said amen to that. You can do better than that. You've got to be involved in the assignment God gives you. Hey, see, okay, we're getting there. All right. When you get in partnership with God, it removes the pressure of being in charge of your own financial end results. I said when you get in partnership with God, it removes the pressure of being in charge of the final results. What do you mean when you get in partnership with God? You gotta put Him first. You gotta put Him first. The greatest opportunity that God ever gives us is the opportunity After we have come into the kingdom of God through faith in Christ Jesus, one of the greatest opportunities we have is to partner in kingdom economy. To bring all the tithe into the storehouse. You say, oh, I knew he was getting to something. This is for you. This is for you. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? Where there was teaching of the word, where there was prayer covering and intercession, where there was a place to worship with other believers. Look, you can define that any way you want to. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm telling you this, if you miss, look, you can have all these theological arguments like I used to have. Look, I've been to seminary. I'm too big for that. You can have all those arguments you want. But until you recognize that God is your provider and he has declared that a tenth of everything you get is holy, suit yourself, you're going to be spending holy money. That's pretty plain, isn't it? But if you honor the Lord, he says, I will, pers- I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. And I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing till it overflows. 
Did you know that there's never a financial command without a financial promise? Preachers didn't make that up. God did. You ever thought about that? I love the wonderful promise in Proverbs 3, 8, and 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Your barns representing that which is for tomorrow and the new wine representing that which was produced today by a great crop of, of grapes that could be bought and sold and traded and used. Look, listen, give, Jesus said, and it shall be given to you. Over and over again, whenever God gives a financial command, he gives a financial promise. Why is that? Because he knows how hard it is for us to really get hold of economic grace. It's an opportunity to partner with the king and the way the kingdom operates, to focus on being a blessing and not just a recipient of blessing. To open the door to financial grace, his favor and his ability to trust God for sufficiency and abundance. An opportunity to bring thanksgiving to God. All of those things are in the scriptures that we just read. It's a tangible way to partner with God when we're financially overwhelmed. Do you know that most of us get financially overwhelmed at some point in our life? That doesn't mean you're a failure, it doesn't mean you're weak, it doesn't mean your faith's no good. It just means that sometimes seasons come and go and sometimes it's more difficult than it is at other times. This is a tangible way to partner with God when we're financially overwhelmed. Knowing that eventually He's going to bring us out of that season of financial pain. Understand this, you don't force the outcome by your faith. You partner with God and His ability by faith. He can do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you ask or think. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Regardless of where you are today, you may be like I have been. You may be so far below zero, you don't, even know if you, can, you, you don't even know if you can get back to zero. I got a promise for you and a little bit of practical encouragement to you. Are you listening? The Word of God says, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So you understand the kingdom's not broke, right? Do you understand? You say, but pastor, the Word says every good and perfect gift is from above. But it comes down from the Father of light. Yes or no? It comes down for our provision. But can I tell you something? That verse that you've quoted over and over again, that I quoted a multiplicity of times, my God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do you know what your needs are? I'm betting that most of you don't really know what your needs really are. Now, now, don't check out on me now. Think about this. Do you need food? Do you know how much that costs you in a given month? Do you need shelter? Do you know how much that costs you? 
What about gasoline? Do, do you need gasoline? In this, in this litigious world that we live in, would it be wisdom to have insurance? Would it be wisdom to have some health care? Bryant's bills were over a million dollars. I would have been sunk and maybe not even able to pastor you today had it not been for insurance. Would it be, would you have to have, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, by the way, would it be a good idea at some point to have a little reserves? Would that be a good idea? Yes or no? So you need all these things, right? And there is, there is a whole bunch of things that you really need that, you, that, that I didn't even mention. You say, well, pastor, there are people in Africa who don't need anything, but you don't live there. You don't live there. You live and work in zip codes that are some of the most expensive in the country. So all these needs, all these, the, the, the food, the clothing, the shelter, the taxes, the insurance, the, look, a lot of times you don't really know what you've got to trust God for because you don't have a good, accurate idea of how big it is. And you're just shooting out there in the dark, not knowing what you're really getting in partnership with God about. Listen, this is a financial partnership with God he's given you an opportunity for. One of the reasons why believers don't ever get involved in this is because they don't ever take stock of where they really are. You've got to know where you are. It's called order. God doesn't bless a mess. When I did that, I, I, whew, it was way beyond the faith that I had at that time. I had no clue. All I knew is I was way under zero and couldn't even breathe for the pressure. Some of you know what that's like. When I began to see what it was really all about, and by the way, did you put your tithe in there? That is, that is God, partnership with God to open the windows of heaven and rebuke the devourer on your behalf. That's first. Wow. Get a load, get, find out what you really need and go to get on your knees. Get that sheet of paper and get on, get before God and say, Lord, I need a lot more than I ever thought I did, but your promise is that you will meet all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I hereby partner with you today. I declare that you are first. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this mess. I don't have any clue how this is ever going to happen, but I trust you today. I believe your word. I believe this is seed, and I trust you today. God, give us increasing revelation of how you see us, that we're blessed and highly favored.
that we're his child, and therefore if we're his child, we're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ of every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And since every good and perfect gift comes from our Father, we believe and rest in your promises to meet all our needs according to your abundant supply in Christ Jesus. So what are we saying? We need to get revelation of the economy of God, go deeper and deeper in it. Now next time I'm going to tell you about some myths that are robbing you of entering into partnership with God. There are some myths that are out there that have been propagated by religion and of course by the evil one that are robbing the people of God from stepping into faith and obedience. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.